Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalyst podcast on the ATP Tour Finals semi-finals day. And uh, I'm I'm going to be hosting today, steering the ship on Marcus Alley. And joining me, as always, is Michael Gillett. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad, thank you. Um, very, very excited for the weekend, actually, the, the weekend's tennis. Um, I'm looking at, I know we'll, we'll go on to this, but I'm looking at these semi-finals and I really can't work out who's going to win it. So, um, yeah, it could be a really exciting couple of days. Before we uh, look forward to those semi-finals, though, let's look back at the final round of fixtures in the group stage to start off with Group A, which I believe is Tokyo 1970. Not that I've paid too much attention to that. But there were two results, two straight sets wins in the last round of fixtures. One clearly a lot more significant than the other. That was Novak Djokovic beating Sasha Zverev in straight sets, effectively a, a quarter-final tie there. So Zverev, um, unfortunately, is is out out of the tournament, and um, yeah, Djokovic managed to to sort of do enough to get through. I wouldn't say it was vintage Djokovic performance, but he just about did enough. I think the I think I'm right in saying that the only break of serve in the match was when Djokovic broke Zverev's serve on his first serving opportunity, and then obviously held on to win that first set six three, and then. Um, Zverev imposed himself a little bit more in the second set, but Djokovic managed to show his best best tennis in, in the biggest points and win um, the second set in a tiebreak seven four. So it was a it was a interesting performance from Djokovic. You know, he, he didn't really get out of second gear. I have to say, I, I didn't really feel like. And he sets up a semi final tie with Dominic Team. But yeah, there was a small improvement from Zverev. You know, we've seen him look shaky, particularly in, against Daniil Medvedev in that first match but he definitely wasn't at his best against Diego Schwartzman in the second match where he, had, uh, he came through in a deciding set um, so what's your overall verdict on Zverev after this tournament you know it's the end of the season now and of course what did you make from, from Djokovic's performance in that match um, just trying to gain some momentum to take in, into his tough semi-final tie yeah interesting tournament for Zverev um, I think he definitely did grow into it. In uh, he, he that definitely was his best performance yesterday. I would say um, had that one break point opportunity in the second set uh, in in the fourth game, wasn't able to take it, and then Djokovic, as, as you say, just did enough to get over the line. Um, I think Zverev will be perhaps a, a little bit disappointed. You know, it's a tournament he won two years ago, um, and I, I believe. I'm trying to think how he did last year um, at the O2, but I'm, I'm, I believe he might not have actually made it out of the group since winning that. He, correct me if I'm wrong, he may have made the semi-final last year. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely was an improvement from him, though, because, you know, that, that first set against Medvedev, uh, he, he didn't play well at all. Um, Medvedev didn't even play well either. Um, th- there was... He was missing a lot of serves, um, double 40. And what I, what I noticed him doing against Djokovic yesterday is actually something that I said it, it probably worth doing on the last pod. So he's clearly taking coaching advice from me. Um, hitting that, that second serve as a first serve against Djokovic yesterday. And I think that's the way that he needs to go uh, for the time being because the second serve is such a weak shot for Zverev. But it's 
probably the most important shot in the game. If you, I mean, we'd all agree serving is the most important shot in the game, but you, you'd probably say second serve is the most important serve because, you know, if, if you can't get your first serve in, most players can't all the time. Uh, well, all players can't all the time. You, you need that insurance second serve and Zverev can't find them at the moment. So, sorry, yeah, I think looking at Zverev's tournament as a whole, I don't think he'll be satisfied with it, but I think he will be pleased with how he played yesterday, considering it was an improvement on the other two matches. If you're looking at the year as a whole, he's definitely made progress in the slams. Um, I believe the... Um, which I think how he did... Was it a semi-final at the Australian, possibly? Um, and then, yeah, it was a semi-final at the Australian. And then... Um, obviously making him the final of that US Open. So um, he's definitely made progress in the slams, which, you know, he struggled with in the past. Um, but, but, yeah, I think since winning that title and, and, and going on that run at the end of 2018, um, perhaps not not what Zverev's been, been after, really. And, and he'll be hoping he can kick on a bit in, in 2021. Of course, it's been a, a weird year. Yeah, I agree. In in the most part, he's definitely um, come some way to addressing the problems on his serve. You know, if, if if he played like he did against Medvedev in the first match against Diego Schwartzman, then I feel like even Schwartzman would have battered him. Um, he he said after that match in the, in the first uh, the first round of, of group stage games that he didn't play like a like a top ten player. He played like a player outside the top ten, and um, I mean that was almost generous to himself. It was definitely nowhere near the level that he needed to be to compete at these championships which obviously he's, he won in 2018 and um, yeah it's, it's just not playing at that level at the moment but definitely comes some way to fixing that huge flaw that was holding him back massively um, so I think him and David Ferreira's coach can be a little bit optimistic going into next season and um, they'll certainly feel a little bit more relieved that he managed to put right a lot of those wrongs that we saw in in that terrible first match. Um, but yeah, not taking anything away from Djokovic, he did what he had to. Um, he did play very well in that first set. Um, you know, going going three nil up pretty quickly. I think under sort of fifteen minutes he did that. Um, and yeah, he sets up a really interesting tie with Dominic Team. Definitely one I'm excited um, for watching today. But just moving on to the second match. Oh, sorry, the, the second group, obviously. Um, we had Nadal beating Stefanos Tsitsipas in their quarter-final game to, to qualify out of the group. Um, he beat the Greek in three sets. It was a good match. Um, they both took the well, first set 6-4, then Tsitsipas uh, won the second 6-4, just breaking. It was with serve until 5-4 and then getting, getting the break over the line. Um, I think they might have traded breaks it, uh, in between. Um, and then, obviously, we're not sure how much uh, Dominic Team really threw himself into his last match, losing his straight sets to Andre Rublev. But onto that Nadal sits a pass game. It was quite an interesting one. Obviously, he sits a pass, the reigning champion. But Nadal's come into it in such good form. Um, I think you know he's demonstrated that he's, he's still got it on the hard courts. He won the US Open last year. We can't forget. And uh, yeah, I think he got to the Australian Open. No, he didn't. Sorry, that was the team this year. But you know, there's still a hardcore player in there. When Nadal's on form, he can transfer his form on, onto this surface. Uh, the indoor courts don't 
don't usually suit him. You know, he's never won the ATP Tour Finals, but he's got a great chance of getting to the final. Now he plays Daniil Medvedev, who's got a three to nil head-to-head record on in the semi-final. Um, but back into that group stage match, I know you saw a lot of it. Um, Nadal managing to come through in three sets. I was surprised. I said in the last last episode that I thought physically Sitsipas might have an edge on him if he did go the distance, but the Spaniard managed to managed to dig deep and go over the line. Yeah, great performance from Nadal. I must say, I've, I've been really surprised. Um, before the tournament, I know this sounds very weird, but um, I actually said to my housemate who was asking about the tournament, um, I, I said out of the eight players, Nadal's probably the one that I expect to win the tournament the least, um, purely b- because of the his form at the O2 and also um, the way the tournament has gone in recent years with it being won by players outside of the top three and, and straight from the off he's played brilliant tennis um, that match that he lost against team it was still a fantastic performance Now we spoke at length about uh, how well Nadal played on the last pod and, and still lost the team um, if that's it's a pass match um, yeah again but, but another brilliant performance from Nadal since the pass was good um, I think he definitely did drop off in the, the third set, which was a shame. Um, yeah, like you said, I was a little bit surprised to maybe see. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say. I don't know if he ran out of steam a little bit in the third set, but um, it just felt very sort of vintage Nadal, um, kind of just outplaying. Uh, sort of what you'd expect to see from from Nadal at sort of a third, fourth round of a Grand Slam in that last set. I t- Sitsipas wasn't really in it for me. Uh, the, the last set that was before that, um, uh, a very close match. Um, I think Sitsipas overall should be happy with his tournament. I know he came in as the reigning champion, um, but he hasn't had the, the best 2020. Um, and he still wasn't seeded to get through that group. And uh, he, he, he did play well. You know, he, he obviously got the win against Schwarzman and, and he gave Medvedev, both Medvedev and Anandal, good matches. So I think there's nothing for, for him to walk away with his head down about. Um, he'll like Zverev, hope that he can kick on a little bit more in 2021 than he has done this year. Though uh, we did see a lot of progress from him at the French Open just a couple of months ago, nearly beating Novak Djokovic in the semi, which I think would have been one of the results of the year if it had happened. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think... Sitsipas can can take away a good amount from uh, from this tournament and um, yeah, kick on in, in twenty one uh, twenty twenty one. Sorry, I I hope. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the last four, I'm quite quite happy to see. I mean, I know we both kind of wrote off Nadal, a bit of humble pie coming down there, but um, you know we've got the best four players in the world, in my opinion. Um, I don't care if Roger Federer is in the tournament; these are the best four players in the world right now. In, in the semi-finals. Um, Statement. You know, upset a few Roger fans there. Oh, I really couldn't care less. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, there's too many Roger fans to even comprehend compared to the amount of incredible players on the tour that just get neglected. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like watching Roger play, but he's not as good as these guys at the moment. Um, you know, he's pushing 40. He wouldn't be, as I said in our very first episode, he's not winning another slam. And uh, him not playing for about nine months hasn't changed my mind on that. 
Um, just a quick little question to get your opinion. Um, obviously, you, so we've got these four, Djokovic, Team Nadal and Medvedev that I'm saying are the best four players in the world. They are four of the top five, maybe even the top four. I think they are the top four in the rankings anyway, um, with Federer dropping down to five in the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, but yeah, just a quick uh, question for you. Obviously, I, I'm just going to ask you, who do you think is the fifth best player in the world if we've got those as the top four? Obviously, it's hard to say what Federer's levels are going to be like when he comes back, but he's got to be in the mix. You've got Stefanos Tsitsipas, Sasha Zverev, probably Andre Rublev, and then... I don't know, maybe a wild card like Gail Monfils in there, but uh, yeah, what what would you say to that? Are we are we saying at their best, or are we saying sort of a consistently rounded player? Or are we, are we talking saying, about um, consistently rounded player? So looking ahead to next year, if these are the four that are going to lead, I think it's going to be eating at their heels the most. For me, though, it was perhaps a disappointing uh, tournament at the finals. For me, it's Andre Rublev. Um, you know, seven titles now, uh, five coming this year. Brilliant formal year. He's been so consistent this year, which is something that since the passions Zverev have lacked a little bit in showing. Um, though Rublev is ranked down at eight at the moment, I, I personally think, providing he keeps his levels up, I think we could see him in in the top five. Uh, obviously, it depends on Federer's sort of comeback. But um, yeah, I think... I would say Rublev at the moment, but um, if we if we're talking about if if we went sort of their best levels on their day, I'd, I'd probably say Sitsipas, but um, just for me, just not 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 quite consistent enough yet. Yeah, it's a tough question. Definitely, based on this year, on all surfaces, it'd be hard to to uh, argue against Andre Rublev. I think. Sitsipas and Zverev, if, um, yeah, if they were really firing on all cylinders, would probably be Rublev, but at a consistent level. I think Rublev can back up his performances on the tour this year and really kick on next year, push into that top six, maybe even uh, in the rankings. Um, so just to look ahead to the semi-finals today, and the first one to take place would be Novak Djokovic versus Dominic Team, who... Um, well, I said in the last episode that Djokovic is still the favourite for the tournament, whereas you and uh, Owen Meller, our guest, went for Dominic Team. Uh, Djokovic has got an 8-4 head-to-head record against Team, um, And uh, interestingly, that's a 5-1 to head-to-head record on, on a hard court. However, um, their last meeting on a hard court, I think, and uh, Team's one win did come at the ATP Tour. Oh, obviously it's not, sorry. Their one win did come, team's one win did come at the ATP Tour Finals last year. Obviously, they met at the Australian final, Australian Open final after that, and Djokovic got the win there. In a three set format, um, you know, team was able to get that win and push on towards that final last year. So he'll take some good memories from that match into this one. Um, just to go with my prediction first, I'm going to go team in straight sets. He was awesome against Nadal, and I think he can just about grind out another performance of himself. You know, he's, he's had more time to recover than Novak. And yeah, I don't think Djokovic has looked himself at these championships just as he hasn't in the last three years before it as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm going for team. You're saying that Djokovic hasn't looked himself for the last three years? 
Well, he went out in the group at the ATP Tour Finals last year. Oh, you're talking about at the finals? Yes. Oh, sorry. I think he meant overall. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to make a big statement. I think it's probably the most excited I've been for a match in 2020. Outside of the slams, for definite. I'm so excited for Djokovic team because, like, I think everyone at the moment, team is probably the best player on tour to watch. Um, you know, that, that backhand and his forehand, to be fair. He's, he's been hitting that brilliantly. Every shot from teams is just brilliant to watch. Um, and, and Djokovic, obviously, the best in the world, potentially potentially the GOAT, greatest of all time. But that's the, that's... We can save that discussion for another podcast. Um, yeah, really excited about this match. Um, I think Team is playing phenomenal tennis. He has been really since since lockdown. I know I'm, uh, the first lockdown that is. Um, I, I know he obviously won the um, US Open. Um, I can't remember who he went out to at the French. Was it? Uh, it wasn't Sinner, was it? Diego Schwartzman. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So not not his best performance at the French, but then to be fair, Schwarzman had a cracking tournament. So yeah, team for me is just playing fantastic tennis. Um, I I find, see it's really really hard for for Djokovic to get past him, but it is no bad Djokovic. Um, you have to remember it, it is Djokovic, and, and and we can never write Djokovic off as we wrote Nadal off the tournament. Um, for me. I'm going to go for team to win as well. Got to go for team to win. I'm hesitant on saying straight sets. But then I do wonder, I do think across three sets, Djokovic probably becomes favourite because I still think he probably just about has that mental edge on team. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to say team in straights as well. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. It's a big, big call. Um, when you said it, I actually, you know, I, I thought that's very risky to say, but... I, I've convinced myself if if team plays the way he's been playing this tournament and Djokovic plays the way he's been playing this tournament, then then team shouldn't have a problem doing it in straight sets. But um, it's it's all about which which players turn up today. Um, and yeah, really, 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 really excited for this match. Um, I, I think it could be a brilliant watch. Yeah, for me, I think um, Nadal's played better than Djokovic in this tournament, um, quite comfortably for me. And uh, yeah, if a team found a way to get past Nadal in straight sets, and I think unless we see Djokovic come back roaring like the player that we know he is at the Australian Open and Wimbledon and tournaments like that, then maybe we'll see him. We'll see him uh, surprise us here. But no, yeah, for me, it's got to be team based on based on the, their performances in the last few matches. Uh, moving on to the later match, and that's Rafael Nadal versus Daniil Medvedev. Medvedev obviously winning the group with, with Djokovic taking out the Serbian in, in straight sets in the group stage. Um, Nadal has a 3-0 record, head-to-head record against the Russian player. Uh, all on a hard court, most famously, obviously, that five-set win at the US Open. But he also beat Medvedev in the group stage at the ATP Tour Finals last year. Um, and he's just been playing excellent tennis. It has to be said about Medvedev as well. I mean, he's uh, he hasn't dropped a set winning in his all three of his group matches so this really one this definitely is in the balance um bookie's favorite was Djokovic against Dominic team quite comfortably whereas um it's a little bit closer but Nanil Medvedev is still um a bit uh favorite with the bookmakers which 
I find quite interesting considering how well Nadal's played. But um, on a hard court, there aren't many better players in the world than Medvedev. Um, so, yeah, another really intriguing one. Just to get my prediction out of the way, I think I'll go for Nadal in three. I just think he's got the edge over Medvedev. I think Djokovic was not at his best when he lost to him in the group stage. Um, we saw Medvedev lose the team at the US Open semi-finals, a match that he went in as favourite. He's going in as favourite in this one again. He's a great player. Um, obviously, he's seen his fellow sort of next-gen players like Tsitsipas and Zverev win this title in recent years, so he wants to add his name to that roster. But I just think Nadal's playing awesome tennis at the moment and he really wants to win this title. So, yeah, three sets, Rafael Nadal for me. Yeah, I think you can't question Nadal's hunger. He's probably the most hungry player out of the eight going into the tournament with all of the stuff that he's won. This is the one big title that that has eluded him. And I think he's lost in the final about three times or maybe just twice. Um, It's definitely two or three times. Um, So, yeah, he'll really want to win this tournament. Um, You can tell that he's so hungry out on the court. Um, in, in vintage Nadal style, he's he's keeping very focused all the time, um, and and a brilliant response uh, in in that match against Sissipas, considering he'd battled so hard to get nothing out of uh, the the team match. And I think after that team match, everyone probably fancies and and wants to see another team Nadal final, uh, another sorry, another team Nadal match because that first one was so good, such a treat to watch. Um, I said that I'm so excited about Djokovic's team. After listening to you speak about this match, I'm starting to wonder if maybe I'm more excited about this one. Um, it's such an exciting match. I I don't know. I think Nadal has played amazing tennis, but Medvedev hasn't dropped a set at this tournament. Um, you know, perhaps though, you know, that win against Djokovic doesn't quite tally up to this task because we know that Djokovic wasn't playing his best, whereas we we can assume Nadal will be playing his best. So, really tough to call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. De- it's definitely gonna be three sets. It, it's gonna go the distance, surely. I honestly don't know, but as you've said, Nadal, I'll, I'll go for Medvedev uh, in in three. Yeah, I, I, I'll say Medvedev in three. And just quickly, uh, a word on Medvedev. I know I said this in the last part, but fantastic uh, performance at this tournament, considering he lost all three of his matches last year on his debut. And I was quite fancying him to do really well on at the, at the finals that year. And it was disappointing. And, uh, a massive, a massive achievement for him this year, just to turn the tides around completely and not even lose a set through through the group stage. And I think we, like I said on the last part, I think Andre Rublev will really look to Medvedev's performance this year and hope that he can sort of do that next year, providing providing he qualifies. But yeah, my prediction is a very, very hesitant, hesitant uh, Medvedev in three sets. Yeah, fair player, great player, and uh, he must have nearly maybe even over 10 years on the dial. So um, and we definitely we see a lot of Medvedev in the future. He's a player who can definitely compete for slams consistently going into next year. And we'll be back um, tomorrow to look ahead to that big final tie on Sunday and react to these hopefully epic semi-finals. Um, but just to finish off the episode, as always, Michael, I uh, 
hand the uh, control over to you for guess the player. Yeah, we had a bit of a, a, a brilliant end to the uh, pod last time of Guess the Player. I haven't listened back to the pod, Marcus, but did you include that Richard Gasquet bit? Yeah, good. I got the Guess the Player on, on the first clue. Um, if you haven't listened to that, definitely worth a, a listen. Quite a funny end to that pod. Um, so, yeah, I've done Guess the Player this week. Uh, an interesting one. Uh, the first clue... Uh, I have lost my last four matches. So obscure as ever, but uh, you can safely say it's not someone at the ATP Tour Finals um, and someone not in brilliant form. In fact, well, I don't know, actually, I guess Schwartzman must I guess Schwartzman must have lost four in a row uh, with the three at the... But it, it, yeah, there you go. I'll let you guess. OK. Uh, yeah, someone who might have slid down the rankings in recent weeks. Um, hmm. let's go for hmm, someone who's been in poor form John Leonard Struff hmm. good guess um, yeah it, it, it's not but uh, yeah good good, good shout considering uh, Struff I can't really remember him winning a match of recent uh, a, a good player prior to lockdown one um, so yeah, uh, the second clue I have an ATP Tour title in 2020. Okay, um, they're a bit of an uh, elite club, there aren't as many as they usually are for this year. Um, not someone like John Millman, who's a lower ranked title winner because it's on all right form. Um, Yuri Vesely. Did he win a title this year? Yeah, he won Pune. He beat Karasa yeah. in the final of Pune. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, okay, I, I, uh, it's not. It's not Yuri Vesely. I believe the ATP newcomer winner of about 2013. Uh, not the best career after winning best newcomer for Yuri Vesely. Um, Third clue, I have never been past the first round of a Grand Slam. So there's definitely some mixed messages coming from these clues. Sure. Um, they've won a title. Maybe a clay guy. Who won uh, Sardinia? Cecchinato lost to Laszlo Gere in the final. Yeah, let's go with him. Serbian player, Laszlo Gere. Good memory. Um, it's not it's not Gere, um, but very good memory. And you're probably right. He, I can't remember him ever really having a run at a Grand Slam. Uh, clue number four. Despite this ATP Tour title, I have never been ranked in the top 100. And my current ranking is 115. I think from memory, I this don't count this as a clue, but I think the highest ranking was 103. It was something like that. Oh, this is a good one. This is very, very good, to be fair. Um, I'm going to have to give myself some time to 
think about this. So just to recap the clues, very mixed messages coming from this. Lost my last four matches. Um, Ranked outside the top 100 and always have been. Never been past the first round of a Grand Slam, but I won an ATP Tour title in 2020. I still think it might be a clay guy because there's loads of those on. Um, and they're also usually 250s, so you're more likely to get a sort of outsider winner. I feel like that's a percentage <laughs> percentage play here. But someone like, um, I think it's Roberto Carbales Baena sticks out, but I think he's been in the top 100 before. I think he's been in the 90s. Um, so I'm not going to go for him. Um, this player must have jumped up in the rankings a lot, uh, having won a title while outside the... 72 is the career high of Cabeas Buena. Oh, okay, yeah. Um... And has won a career title. Yannick Hammond's had some runs in 250s. Don't think he's won one. And he's been in the 90s as well. So it can't be him. This is a good one. Um, Maybe the last clue will help me a bit more. Yeah, go on then. Pass. Give me the fifth clue, please. Okay, I'm going to... Split the fifth two into uh, fifth clue into two clues because uh, I do think it it will definitely give it to you. But I'll I'll, I'll keep your brain rattling for a little bit. Uh, we'll go for the fifth clue as I am from South America, so it limits it to about twelve or thirteen countries. Yes. Okay. I like that. That's a decent clue. Right. So you got. What decent Chileans are there? Just mainly Garin, Nicholas Hari. It's been top 100. Uh, any Colombians? I haven't heard of Hari for quite a long time. Yeah, Alejandro Faller hung up his racket quite a while ago, I think. Uh, quite... hey, Hari got a band, didn't he? Um, I'm not sure. You can uh, fill us in on that while I'm thinking. South America. Yeah, he got an 11-month doping ban back in April. Okay. There's a lot of Argentinians. But the ones that spring to mind have usually been in the top 100 before. Maybe someone like Bagnis, but I think he's been top 100 before. South America, what other big countries are there? Oh, Bolivia, Hugo Delian, I think he's been top 100. Um, so I can't go with him. Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Uruguay. Cuevas is the only Uruguayan player I can think of. Paraguay, don't know any Paraguayan players. Colombia, Ecuador, there's that Gomez guy who's Ecuador. But I don't think he's won a title. We've become a, a, 
a tourism podcast now. Marcus is guiding you through the beautiful continent of South America. Don't, don't know a Peruvian player. Um, I'm running out of countries at this point. Uh, Caribbean. No, I don't know if there's. What any... about your your granddad's nation, Guyana? Uh, Guyana don't have any don't have any players to my knowledge. Darian <laughs> King, Barbados definitely hasn't won an ATP Tour title this year. Barbados, not South America either. Oh no, yeah, it's just above, isn't it? Central probably. Uh, what else is along the top? Venezuela. No, don't know a Venezuelan tennis player. I'm going to kick myself, aren't I? It must be an Argentinian or... That convinces me even more that it's a clay court player. I know you said they're South American. Um... Right, you've you've given me a sixth clue, the option of. So I'm going to go with Facundo Bagnis, but I don't think that's right. Interesting guess. Uh, I reckon maybe been in the top 100 before. I don't know, actually. Um, but yeah, no, not, not Bagnis. Clue six, definitely going to narrow it down a bit, and it might maybe make you... It might be a very, oh, moment. Um, I'm only 20 years old. I should definitely know this then. I was thinking down that line, you know, Lorenzo Musa. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can have your moment of fun. This was Michael's first ever, on the first ever episode, Michael made this player. Um, I think we just profiled an upcoming player. And it's the Brazilian youngster, Tiago Saboff Wild. You made me worried then that we'd already done him and guessed the player. But no, I remember, yeah. Um, yes, uh, that is the correct answer. Saboff Wild won the title in Chile. Uh, I think he's called the Chilean Open, I think, uh, or Chilean Open. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised, you know, after winning that title. Um, I think he was outside the top 200 when he won that. Uh, jumped to about 103, I think it was. Uh, never been in the top 100 despite having that title and I was looking at his form uh, since lockdown really not that good uh, hasn't really uh, done anything brilliant since lockdown um, first lockdown that is so um, yeah save off wild uh, a very fun guest to player there um, Marcus enjoyed that one and I enjoyed watching him in his, in excruciating pain trying to uh, think of Thiago save off wild but uh, yeah, a player that definitely watch out for him. You know, though he's not been in brilliant form at the back end of 2020, only 20 years old and, and already won a title. My only concern with Sabre World is that perhaps so far we're just seeing a clay player in him and, and he's going to make those developments uh, on, on all surfaces. Yeah, no, it's a good clue. It's uh, a good, good guess to play. And I like... It's only a matter of time before we we are regularly going into the below the top 100. So um, yeah, no, I enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, definitely a good player to watch this year. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that concludes this episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to look ahead to the final of the ATP Tour Finals. But yeah, just uh, enjoy your Saturday and enjoy these two incredible matches that lie before us. Thanks for listening.